Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll be discussing what other areas are available to students in the Akashics within and beyond the Akashic Library. Concerning the Akashics, there's so much focus on the Akashic Library and on Akashic Records that people usually have no idea there are other places to explore. For those who even know that the Akashics exist, the reason for their interest is usually as a means to find answers about themselves, about situations, about things that they want. They want answers to what matters most to them, what is holding them back or keeping them from sleeping at night. Or they just want to know if this person or that is their soulmate. Admit it. We've all been there. But there are so many other ways to learn from the Akashics. Soul books and Akashic records are a left-brain, logical, directed way in which to learn about yourself. For a more holistic learning experience, you have to wander farther afield. I find myself smiling as I listen to my peers talk about their favorite places to go in the Akashics when they're doing their own personal work. One goes to a huge tree swing and just swings like she's a little kid again. All the worries and the stress and the have-tos drop away, and she's free and flying in her perfect place. Others go to what I call the Dolphin Room. It's a building in the Akashic City that's made of white stone pillars and an arched ceiling. Between the pillars, it's all clear glass windows floor-to-ceiling, and the ceiling is 30 feet above you. The dolphin room has no furniture, but in the floor are multiple pools like swimming pools. The water is clear and blue and always in movement because the pools are connected to waterways and influenced by the tides and by those creatures who swim in them. Dolphins are able to visit the city through these waterways and come into the room to interact with other beings. It's beautiful, peaceful, and fun to go swimming during the heat of the day. I personally enjoy going to the fields of opportunity. Each field is a different plant, and I like to wander through them smelling the scents on the breeze, feeling the tips of wheat or the petals of poppies against my palms as I walk. There's also a garden maze with a great many surprises in it. The lake, where people congregate to enjoy the water and the sun. And the primeval forest, full of the breath of trees and the silence that's not silent. Experiencing these places is one way to learn about yourself. But even more, being open to explore them calls teachers, guides, and the learned to talk with you, support you, and guide you in that experience. Because our becoming benefits everyone, and who doesn't want to share in having fun? There's an area of the Akashics I like to explore from time to time. I think of it as the hedge maze garden, but it's more like a wisdom garden. It's built like a classic hedge maze. At least I think it is. I've never made it all the way through, but I don't know if I've ever even explored a fraction of it. This is in part because it behaves a bit like Wonderland from Alice's perspective. Everything is recognizable, but rarely works the way you would expect it to. For example, from the outside, the hedges are not more than three and a half feet high. 
You can see over the entire thing, which goes on for acres and acres and disappears into the distance. It's completely level, with nothing sticking up over the hedges. And yet, when you enter it, you can't see beyond the section you're in and the next turning. It's like you become smaller somehow, or the hedges become bigger. I've come across fountains which rival the Trevi Fountain in Rome, but yet seem to nestle in a square room formed by the hedges. I've met beings who seem taller than the hedges and yet are not giants towering over me. It's a trip, and yet it all makes sense in the way of dreams. From what I've learned, the purpose of the hedge maze is not to be a game where people get lost and have to figure their way out. The hedge maze is there to help you move from the limits of linear logic, of cause and effect, and of expectations which mirror a limited reality based on negative experiences. It's meant to reawaken you to the connection between your soul and your life, to the possibilities and remembrance of how the world really works, and what's actually important. That's where the mystery part of the maze comes in. When people are looking for some aspect of the Akashics which works like tarot or runes, like an oracle able to tell them what they most need to know, I like to send them to this place. Within its twists and turns, the maze brings you face to face with objects and beings who are there specifically to help you with the thing you most need, need to know about, or need to face. I've had my first introduction to mentors, counselors, and teachers there, who have become integral to my life's purpose, and I've continued to work with them throughout the years. These beings have gone straight to the point, gifting me with stunning aha moments which have taken my life in unforeseen and amazing directions. In exploring the maze, i found objects which have led me to depths of understanding and study which have enriched my life exponentially. I haven't always liked the answers I've received, but that's true of any spiritual journey I've ever undertaken. The truth may set you free, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily fun or pretty or even nice. Something else I've found about the hedge maze is, unlike other areas of the Akashics, the insights and answers and enlightenment I get there are very straightforward. The information is much less a fortune cookie wrapped in a riddle carried in a conundrum. Instead, I get clear, big-picture answers, action items, or direct communication. What is even more magical, at least to my mind, is the answers can also come as directed actions in the physical. It seems to me, as I work with the hedge maze over time, that because it is dealing with what is most necessary concerning this point in time in this embodied life, it helps manifest things, supporting my efforts to live my best and most successful life here. So working in the maze can help move projects forward, help us achieve goals, and bring about dreams which seemed far off in time and space. It seems a lot for one planting of hedges in the Akashics, but it's a mystical garden where anything is possible, or where everything might even be probable. Turning back to the Akashic Library for a moment, when most people think about libraries, they think about books. Because while that's not all a library has at this point, it's the majority of what they provide. Rows upon rows, 
room upon room. Everywhere you look, there are books in a library, and I love that. I'm a book person, and have been since I was tiny, which is why I have my own library at home. But another thing I absolutely love about libraries is the other rooms. The hidden nooks and crannies, the special collections, the archival office, the rare books rooms, and the places where they keep the off-limits volumes. I've always found these places to be like the hidden rooms in mystery movies, or the treasures in Aladdin's story. There's so much to discover that is cool or amazing or fun or weird. So many things tucked away on dusty shelves just waiting for a person to come along and discover them. The Akashic Library is the ultimate library, and therefore it also has more than just books. Yes, it has the soul book of every soul in existence. It has books on other forms of existence. It has books on planetary systems, corporations, physics which we haven't yet discovered, and an extra-large tome keeping track of the financial markets all over the globe just to give you an idea of what's going on in the main rooms. But there are other rooms in the Akashic Library where items other than books exist. Somewhat like a museum, there are artifacts collected there concerning all manner of subjects. Cyril Marchetti has developed a tarot deck, the legacy of the Divine Tarot, around the elemental wings of the Akashic Library, which hold artifacts connected with the four elements. Other rooms speak about the seven directions. Still others hold the angelic text to which we have only experienced fragments. There is so much to explore beyond soul books, it boggles the mind. One of the most fascinating things I've discovered in my explorations is the personal artifact rooms. Being Native American, I come predisposed to understand the nature of sacred items. But for those who might not know what they are or what it means, sacred items are functional tools designed specifically for the individual to support and aid them on their path in this embodied life. Like totems, they're an indication of who the person is and what they have come here to do, as well as being a meditational focal point for their personal work. In Native American cultures, we craft our sacred objects such as drums, pipes, bags, staffs, prayer sticks, etc., by first receiving a vision of what it should look like, and then, through prayer and manifestation, we create the item. Once created, we and the item are in relationship. We work to show it and ourselves the respect necessary to keep the relationship healthy and current, which is what forms a large portion of our spiritual practice and our daily lives. Everyone has sacred objects which can support them on their path. For my students, I introduce them to this concept in their first Akashic lesson by having them find an object meant for them. The object might appear as something they already have, something which is a symbol of what is most important for them at this time, or an actual object they need to acquire or make in order to bring the Akashic energy into their physical life. But each person can go much further and seek out their sacred object or objects in the Akashics. They can seek out the personal artifact room or ask a librarian to show them the way. 
Within the room, it may seem difficult to locate the object since it's usually resting with other objects like it in a room full of objects, but it's actually fairly simple because the object feels like an extension of the self. It is the person, and they are it, so, like love at first sight drawing you to someone from across the room, the person is drawn immediately to their object. From there, the adventure is on. The object might have something to teach the person, might be something they need to create and meditate with, might be something they need to wear or carry with them, might be a tool they need for their work, or something which will help them in further studying their soul book or the Akashics. Each is unique and has a huge amount of relevance for the individual and their current life. What sacred item is waiting for you? And what is it trying to tell you? That's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be exploring how the Akashics and Akashic work connects with your physical body. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.